Welcome to Sunday School, a conversation on pleasure, intimacy, connection, and the messiest yet most beautiful parts of life from two friends who grew up in a conservative culture like Salt Lake City, Utah. My name's Britt Pham, and I use she, they pronouns, and I'm one of your co-hosts. And I'm your other co-host. My name is Mac Harvey. I use she, her pronouns. And we started this conversation together and with you because we found that healing happens when you process in community. So by sharing our stories and our journeys, we hope that it will create some space for you and your expansion into the magical, full human that you are and are becoming. And before we get started, we're going to begin with a grounding breath. So wherever you are, whatever you're doing, just find a moment to tune into your breathing rhythm. Maybe it's a little fast. Maybe it's a little slow. Maybe you haven't thought much about your breath today, and that's okay. And then take a moment to exhale everything you want to release with an S-H-SH. Take a deep inhale through your nose, down into your belly, up into your chest, hold it, and exhale. Take one more just like that into your belly, to your chest, hold it, give yourself a little mental squeeze, and exhale. And nice and easy. And then let yourself return to your natural rhythm. And remember that you can return to your breath anytime you want. And let's get into it. All right. Well, um, it's been a minute for us recording, but we are so stoked to be back here and in front of the mics, and we're going to start with some weekly update. (laughs) I mean, I said this will probably be like one of our last episodes of the season, so how do I even start? <laughs> how, how do we podcast again? <laughs> yeah. you know, if for some context for everybody listening, this podcast is created just by me and Mac and our <laughs> editor, Danielle, and that's literally it. And so our recording rhythm is like not as consistent as we'd like it to be, which may explain some of like the big jumps that y'all have heard throughout the season with our weekly updates. Mm-hmm. Um, So my intention with sharing this update today is just to sort of like wrap up the season, like let y'all know where we're at, how we're feeling going into season two. Um, And thanks for being along this crazy ride with us because we (laughs) are still figuring it out. (laughs) Yeah, we, um, we just want to acknowledge that like, the the feedback that we have received from you know some of our listeners has just been like like you guys keep us wanting to do this it means yeah. so much like, like oh you God. know those like fucking that cliche of like 
our community is what keeps us going. And like, we'd be nothing without you, you know, but like, seriously, we'd literally be nothing without you guys, like listening and sending us your stories and like sharing how our stories have impacted you and just know that your stories impact us. And for our season finale, we have a really special episode where we're going to be sourcing like feedback and questions and stories from this community through our Instagram Mm -hmm. and kind of having like a little conversation and really bringing y'all into the combo. And we'd love to explore more ways of doing that down the line. Um, But that's how we're wrapping up season two, season one. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So all that said, you know, Created some context, set the stage, weekly updates. Mm-hmm. All right. Literally don't know what the last thing I told everybody was. But, <laughs> um, probably that I was like dating uh, in San Diego. Since then, I have like officially moved into my own apartment in San Diego, California. She's officially a West Coast bitch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, this is my first space of my own that I've had in two years since COVID because Mm. when COVID hit New York City, which is where I was living at the time, I moved out of my apartment, moved in with my parents, bebopped around a lot, went back to New York for a little bit, came to San Diego, wasn't sure where I was going to go. And I, I mean, Mac was here. You were here for all of it. (laughs) (laughs) It was a really wild ride and like identity crisis inducing decision to decide to settle for the time being in California. Mm-hmm. Um, New York will always be home for me, but I'm really ready for a new adventure and like a new chapter. And I've always wanted to live differently. Like I've always wanted to have the kind of life where I could just like live in many places around the world and know what it was like to be in different cultures and different spaces. And I had that opportunity here and I was like, I'm going to fucking take it because I've been asking the universe for this forever. And I don't want to walk away from this gift. And I'm super grateful. I found a really cute apartment. I'm like a 20 minute walk away from the beach. Mm. Um, and the other big update is that I'm in a relationship now. <laughs> I, uh, you know, when I first got to San Diego, I like hit the dating apps pretty hard after my initial phase of like, honestly, depression where I was like, what the (laughs) fuck am I doing here? I'm so alone. I know nobody. Let me just go meet people. So I like set up some dates and like the first date I went on, I was like, okay, this will be fun. We'll go mini golfing. And like, it'll just be nice to like connect with somebody. And it was a really good first date <laughs> and I called you after that yeah. I mean I called you before and I had an anxiety spiral and um a stress pooped <laughs> with you on the phone we've all been there <laughs> and then I came home from the date and I was like I might be ready to be in a relationship again and then I went on a few other dates that were like so so and mm-hmm things with the first date who we will call forerunner the day yeah, I continued to see forerunner and um that really developed into something beautiful and like is the first time I've entered into a relationship with so much intention like we actually talk regularly about how we're feeling and what we want and like where we want to go with each other and very recently had the DTR the define the relationship conversation and we're like 
we want to be in a relationship and we want to write the script and write the rules for what a partnership looks like for us. And like, I've been calling in that energy for fucking a long time, brother. Yeah. Well, and I I feel like, (laughs) brother, we have talked about this, like, you know, breaking that social script. And I know we've talked about it in previous episodes, just this like, this like deep desire to just like rewrite that. And um, I just really want to commend like you and how you've shown up for this relationship and the courage that you've displayed in this like new place. Like you moved to the opposite side of the country that you were previously living on. Um, You're just like out there doing your own shit and you met this person and I'm just so happy for you. Thanks, man. Well, I was just realizing as you were reflecting that such a big part of why I was able to navigate the beginnings of this relationship with such intention is because of the conversations we've had on this podcast Mm. and because of the stories that we've shared with each other, that we've shared with the community, that the community has shared with us. Like if we hadn't done Sunday school, we hadn't decided to start this project. I don't fucking know if I would have been, would have had the tools really to, to do this in the way that I really wanted to and the way that it has unfolded. So I'm really, really grateful for, for everything that's unfolded in our space in Sunday school, because it really has helped me feel so much clearer on what I want and how to ask for it. Yeah. And that's really hard because on today's topic, cultivating intentional relationships, mm-hmm. that's the topic, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like cultivating intentional relationships takes a lot of courage and energy and asking and experimenting. Mm-hmm. And I just feel really grateful to have a great playmate and forerunner. He's great. Yeah, he is. Yeah. We can welcome him into this relationship that because I was here first. So <laughs> yeah, well, I, and I also told him too. I was like, I also really take my platonic life partnerships seriously. Like, absolutely, you need to know that like I Mac is my platonic life partner, and like she will take precedence over most other things, you know. Mm. And like that just needs to be out there that she's a priority, you know? Yeah. Oh, thank you for saying that. I love you. <laughs> you got oh. it, man. Oh yeah. What's um, up with you? <laughs> oh my God. Well, I, I guess uh, I'll just start with like my dating life. That hasn't really changed. <laughs> um, I still, in fact, I was listening back to uh, our birth control episode and editing that and I think I talk about like that was the first time I acknowledged like my thoughts on asexuality right like my identity there and it's so funny just how how fluid everything is because even now like my uh my views and desires of like dating right now have not changed I don't really have an interest in doing that I don't have the energy to put into a new person especially romantically but my thoughts on, you know, identifying as some form of asexuality have definitely changed. Um, I definitely recently have been feeling a lot more of a, a need or a desire to have some intimate connections. Mm. And when I say intimate connections, I don't mean like going on a date and getting to know somebody, but 
I don't know. I was thinking about it and I, I do miss that intimacy of, you know, a relationship and having someone who knows you and wants to be around you. And I, I, I have been speaking with my therapist about it. Oh yeah. I got a therapist and I'm in therapy now. I don't think I've told the congregation that yet. I also broke up with my first therapist, which was super hard. <laughs> um, that's been a cool journey to start on is this uh, therapy journey. I've been wanting to do it for so long. Honestly, it was just like financially, I was nervous to do it. Uh, so yeah, that's like my biggest update. I would say is just that I started this therapy journey and I really, really enjoy it. I would recommend just therapy in general to anyone who hasn't already done it. Well, you were saying earlier that, you know, you've kind of reconsidered where you stand with wanting intimacy. Um, Can you say more about that? Like what does intimacy mean to you in its different forms? And like, what kind of intimacy do you find yourself wanting currently? And how does that tie into how you have been identifying as some spectrum, some point of the spectrum of asexuality? It's hard to say because I don't even really understand like what what my brain or like what my body wants right now out of any form of relationship and that's what I feel it's it's hard because there's so many conflicting narratives going on in my head of like I don't want to get to know anybody I don't have the energy for that most men give me the ick like right away right now um I just don't trust men in general (laughs) I, I want intimacy without the work of getting to know somebody, which I don't think those think those two things coincide mm. because in order for me to feel comfortable with being intimate with somebody, you have to get to know them. I need to get to know them and they need to get mm. to know me. Well, I wonder, is it that you don't want to do the work of getting to know someone or is it that you don't want to risk getting disappointed by somebody mm. or Definitely. being mm-hmm. like, not disappointed, but even like having just to deal with like the fact that most people don't put in the same amount of work, you know? Yes. I think that's definitely a big part of it. It's just like, I am very untrusting when it comes to a lot of like new people in my life of, and I've had some instances with some relationships where I don't feel that balance of, you know, I, I don't feel that the effort that I'm putting into a relationship is being reciprocated. And that's really hard entering into, you know, the dating pool and going into these apps is not trusting people. Yeah. I, I kind of get what you mean by trauma response when you say that now, because we've talked about this a little bit in past episodes of how the culture of not just dating, but generally having being in relationship is so fucking weird in Utah. Mm -hmm. Like, I was trying to explain this to Forerunner the other day, and what I said was that people in Utah, I'm sure this is the case in a lot of other places, but I I noticed this is particular in Utah in some ways, is that people are friends or in relationship with each other out of convenience or like set of circumstances that happen to put them in the same space rather than building relationships on shared values and with intention. You know, like you happen to be in a friend group with the people you work with, or you happen to date somebody that you went to high school with or that you went to church with, right? And Mm -hmm. like, I think that's great. And it definitely 
works, but there seems to just be this lack of like an extra foundational layer of like, I don't know, shared values for lack of a better term. Maybe there's something else there that, that comes up for you. Um, no, I, I really agree. I think a lot of relationships and especially the relationships that we kind of grew up with, uh, are out of, like you said, convenience. Like we went to the same high school together and we got along then. We did the same extracurricular activities. We partied together, whatever. And now, uh, and uh, my friendship with you and with uh, Phoenix, our relationship has really changed a lot of that for me because, I mean, you and I haven't lived in the same state for going on like 10 years. 10 years. <laughs> But yet I talk to you every single day and I feel like the amount of effort that I put into your and I's relationship is 100% reciprocated. I don't feel like I'm ever asking too much of you. I mean, sometimes I do, but that's imposter syndrome. (laughs) But then you say it and I'm like, no. I say it and you're like, no. Yeah, exactly. We validate (laughs) each other there. Um, And I I don't feel like that this relationship is going anywhere. Like it's here to stay. Mm -hmm. Whereas a lot of my other relationships have crumbled over time or I think have the potential to crumble if we're not in the same environment, in the same place. I think that quality over quantity is so, there's so much truth to that and it's so important. Yeah. But then again, like I want more quantity of this quality. <laughs> yeah, does that make sense? Yes. I want it all. <laughs> I think that's a good moment, like a good opportunity to go to church on on the topic today. I mean, I guess one update that uh, is a good, you know, diving board into this conversation. Uh, in one of my relationships in my life recently, I have started to demand more effort out Mm. of this person Mm. and it was really hard I have come to terms with the fact that I want to demand more out of people especially when I'm in intimate relations with them and so with this one relationship in my life I've started to demand more of that and it's really really scary and anxiety inducing but it's also been very rewarding we all deserve equal amounts of effort uh, being put into cultivating a friendship. And I think the hard part is sitting down with yourself and having that conversation or deciding, you know, is this person or is this relationship worth mm-hmm. putting that work into? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I think so many people, if not all of us have some sort of experience feeling kind of honestly like heartbroken because we have like you said, Mac, put it, put so much into a relationship and not receive the same back or even like having the courage to ask for it as you are doing now and demand for more and say, Hey, like, I don't feel like this is equal. And then to like, not be met by that either. Like that's really heartbreaking, you know, because it shifts a relationship. Sometimes it ends a relationship. And I think that in this moment in time, you know, we are going on three years in a global pandemic where we have not really been able to like be together and so many people are like craving connection and we're trying to figure out how to do that when we can't be together in person and I think also this pandemic has put kind of like 
pressure on like the points in our lives and the relationships in our lives that already had cracks, right? Mm. And like a lot of people, you know, went through big breakups like we did, went through big friend breakups, broke off engagements. And it's been really hard. And I think we still all crave that depth and connection in our relationships. So why we wanted to have this conversation was to really explore questions like, you know, this pandemic isn't going anywhere. How can we learn to create relationships and deepen our relationships in this state of the world? How do we want to be spending our time with other people when being together in person is like a high risk already? Like if I'm going to risk going out and meeting new people, do I want to put that energy into strangers on a dating app? Or like, you know, maybe I want to not put risk that and then how do I meet people I don't know so that's kind of setting the stage mm-hmm. um and to go to church we usually give out assignments at the end of each episode mm-hmm. but today we're gonna mix it up and we're gonna give out an assignment now and then we're gonna do the assignment with each other and talk about it so the prompts we want you to consider for today are two different types of relationships that you've been in recently. The first one being a relationship or social interaction that you experienced that fulfilled you. And then in contrast to that, a relationship or social interaction that drained you. What were the elements there? Who were you with? Where were you? What environment were you in? What did you talk about? What were you doing? Bring in all those elements into both of those contrasting relationships and take a second to brain dump about it. Yeah. So we're going to do this with you and Mac and I are going to take five minutes to just stream of consciousness journal about these two types of relationships or, and or social interactions. And then we'll come back and talk about it. And so we'd encourage you to, you know, hit the pause button if you have some time and space to do this now with us and set your own timer, journal real quick, and then hit play when you're ready to come back. Or you could just keep listening, listen to us, and then do it at a later time. And our intention with this is to really dig into not what's good or bad or right or wrong about these things, but to just have a moment to look at what fills us and what drains us so that we can have awareness moving forward. Five minutes on the clock. Let's go. (laughs) Let's go. We're back, baby. What up, brother? (laughs) We're the worst and the best. <laughs> I love to hate us. <laughs> so anyway, moving on. <laughs> I love it. Okay, so assignment time. Tell us about the um, positive interaction you've had recently that fulfilled you. Yeah, so I – Actually, I'm glad I'm getting the chance to unpack this with you and with the community because I haven't really mm-hmm. since it happened. It was very recent, a couple of weeks ago or last week. I had the chance to meet Forerunner's friends. And it was the first time 
meeting like all of his closest friends. We had a little pasta and wine night at his place. We all like cooked and drank and made drinks and uh, just hung out. And I haven't done like a friend group hang in a really long time. I haven't done a friend group hang with a partner in like years. Mm. And I was really nervous. (laughs) Like I knew it was coming for weeks ahead of time and I was like hyping myself up. I was practicing conversations in my head. We all do it. Don't fucking lie to me. (laughs) And time came around and it was really lovely. And I was not nearly as anxious as I thought I would be, which was a huge win for me. And as I was thinking about like the elements of this, right, that made it so positive. I think the first is that we were at home. Like we weren't out in a loud bar where we couldn't hear each other. And I think the other element that helped a lot was that it was a bigger group. Like I typically do better one-on-one with people. And I know this about myself because I like to have those deep conversations. I like to take some time. And so group interactions actually really stress me out because I'm like, there's so much energy to manage and I'm not sure if I'm being too quiet or if I'm talking too much. Like mm. I really, I get really anxious about how much or how little I'm taking up space. I'm like really conscious of that. And um, so in, but this bigger group, I think what helped because I wasn't familiar with a lot of them and why I wasn't as anxious as I normally would have been is because one, there were some people within the group that were also meeting each other for the first time. And I think that kind of allowed me to relax and not worry too much about being the new person. And I think that segues into the third thing that I think was a big game changer, which is that I wasn't the host like forerunner was hosting. It was his home. It was his friends. And like, I know that when I'm hosting or facilitating or anything, whether it's social or just for work, I feel a lot of responsibility to hold space and to make sure that everyone's having a good time. But I didn't really feel that responsible. And forerunners are really good hosts too. It was nice to just like not be responsible for holding the space. Mm. It took a lot of the pressure off of you, especially with, you know, the anxieties of meeting new people already. Mm-hmm. I think that's awesome. Yeah. And yeah. so like kind of reflecting on that, I'm realizing that, okay, next time I want to go into a group social interaction, next time I want to um, build meaningful relationships with like a new group of friends, as I'm doing a lot here, I want to be in a space that I'm comfortable with. I want to be like co-hosting with somebody or just at least create circumstances where I don't feel super responsible for like putting things together. And I want to be with, this is the most important part, with people that like are warm and welcoming. I think that was a huge game changer too for that night is that Forerunner has amazing friends and they're all really cool people and they're all like so generous with their energy and so warm and like I didn't feel judged right you know oh I love that how about you so uh my super recent positive experience literally happened last night um a little backstory a friend of mine that I've literally known since preschool we 
used to hate each other. We were like, we always joke like we were em- we were enemies in preschool because she was mean to me and she was like kind of popular in preschool. <laughs> and, um, she wouldn't share the sandcastle with me. But then come like elementary school, we went to the same elementary school, junior high, high school, everything. We became best friends. And uh, I just, I have so much love and care for her. And so she just recently uh, got out of a relationship that was really long and she got this new job where she gets to move to a new state and start like a new like chapter of her life. Uh, This is her first time leaving Utah. I'm just so incredibly excited for her. And so we had a little surprise dinner for her last night. She didn't know we were all going to show up. She thought it was just her family. And then like Mm -hmm. all her friends walked in the door. It was really special. And she like cried when she saw me. And so of course I cried when I saw her. (laughs) And then another one of our high school friends was there. Um, This guy that she and I were really tight with, you know him, Britt. Um, Oh, I know. Oh, we know. <laughs> we know Swimmer Boy. Um, <laughs> I didn't fuck him, guys. I just went to a dance and we made out on Max's <laughs> parents' living room floor. <laughs> we made out on my living room floor. <laughs> um, I've also made out with this man. Uh, anyway, we love him to death. He's a great soul. And so uh, this girlfriend of mine and him and I, we were all, the three of us, really tight in high school. And he was there and just the three of us being together again, I don't even remember the last time that the three of us were together. Like I've seen them both separately over the years, but the three of us together was just like so special. And I I left that party just feeling so warm and like complete again with those relationships. And I just feel so lucky that I do have uh, relationships where there's no expectations to keep up so consistently because we do have like completely different lives the three of us like uh my girlfriend she said at one point she's like I'm so sorry I didn't reach out sooner and that we haven't caught up and I was like hey life happens like you're busy I'm busy we're in a pandemic I don't think any of us felt guilty whatsoever for not keeping up and yeah it was it was just like really heartwarming to be in the presence of people that I knew for so long and we went through these crazy phases together of, you know, learning who we are and being annoying teenagers. And now we're just like these grown ass adults. And it was really, I I didn't realize how healing it would be to be in that environment and how fulfilling it was. So Mm -hmm. that was really lovely. And something that you touched on that I'm realizing was present in my experience too, is like just nice conversation and like catching up and getting to talk about yourself and also hear about other people I think is really important and for me I'm realizing that so much of the conversation on pasta night was more lighthearted, I guess like mm. I, it, it wasn't light or like surface level but it wasn't like about what I do for work is I guess what I'm trying to get at. Cause I used to be in so many social interactions, especially pre COVID where like it was always about work. And the first yeah. question you ask people is like, what do you do for work? Right. And lately that question has started to really stress me out yeah. because I have been working so hard to be a person that is like more than just what I do. 
even though I love what I do. And so it was really cool to be in an environment where I could just like hear about people's days and cool experiences they've had recently. And like, we didn't talk about work once that night, except Mm. for towards the end. But like, I think that was really cool to just kind of get to know people based on who they are and what their lives are like versus what we're doing. Yeah. You're so much more than your quote unquote job, you know, or lack of a job. (laughs) Like, I've been thinking a lot about ways that I can have conversation and ask people questions that have nothing to do with work. And some of my favorites are like, what are you really excited about these days? What's been on your mind recently? What's something coming up that you're stoked for? Um, Are there any conversation starters or questions that you really like to ask people? I really like hearing, you know, what brought someone to the place that they're in now. Like yeah. what happened in your life path that brought you to this moment? And I really like kind of getting that brief little history from new people. Um, so should we move into more of like the draining slash negative uh, encounters that you've had? So I was I had a hard time <laughs> figuring out which what to talk about for this prompt because I feel I'm lucky in that I have had really great social interactions recently and I'm such an extrovert so I love talking to people no matter what I also have (laughs) almost debilitating social anxiety sometimes so (laughs) that's an interesting uh sometimes we drain ourselves (laughs) (laughs) I do it to myself okay I take full responsibility (laughs) but the one interaction that I do want to talk about um happened I want to say last year, but maybe it was a couple of years ago at this point. What is time anymore? Where we had just gotten vaccines in the US. And so we were starting to be able to meet with other people. And I decided to catch up with like an old, old friend that I hadn't seen since we were like teenagers. And I wouldn't say it was draining, but I definitely left that interaction feeling not as good as I wish I did or feeling Mm. just like, oh, I could have not done that. Like it wasn't a waste of time by any means, but I was just like, nah. And I think that there were a few elements there. First, in contrast to my first share, we weren't in somewhere, a space that was comfortable. It was like out Mm. around people in a pandemic. Um, And I think The other element had a lot to do with the conversation we had, which, you know, we just talked about, like, good questions and talking about surface level things versus deeper things versus work. And we talked a lot about work in that Mm. lunch, you know, like caught up a lot about what she was doing for work, what I was doing. And I just didn't really feel like we really connected deeply around like how we were feeling about things. Like I did ask her, you know, what's the pandemic been like for you? Like what's changed for you in the past year or so? And she was like, oh, well, you know, I never really liked going out that much anyway. So like nothing much changed because I just like didn't really go out. And she, you know, just was working virtually the whole time and, Mm. you know, no shade. So happy that you're happy and doing well. But I was like, I don't know how to connect with someone who hasn't had like an entire identity reimagining in the 
past year. <laughs> like I lost work. I changed careers. I learned so much about myself. I broke up with a partner. Like everything changed yeah. for me. And I just like, didn't really feel like we could connect. Um, and then another big element too, is that I found myself asking a lot of questions and not really being asked at least quality questions for myself. Mm. And like, I really don't like that when I'm like asking questions and no one's getting curious about me. And, um, sometimes I feel like selfish and egotistical about it, but like, who doesn't like talking about themselves? Absolutely. It's like we were saying, it's, it's an exchange of energies. It's not just like, uh, you know, it's not an interview. It's a conversation. Yeah. And I just feel like in that interaction, I, I was the one that said, Hey, let's get lunch was kind of driving, making the plans driving the conversation and it just doesn't really feel good to be the one putting in that effort, you know? And I don't think that she was maliciously not putting in the same amount of effort, but I just find that there are some people out there who like don't really take the initiative to make plans. Don't really take the initiative to follow up and say, Hey, thanks so much. It was really good seeing you. And I feel like it's the same as it is for most things where the work starts with yourself, right? You have Mm. to be real with yourself about what you really want and raise the bar, raise the level of integrity for yourself and say what you mean. And if you don't mean it, don't say it. How about your Um, interaction that felt less than fulfilling? So my interaction happened somewhat recently a friend of mine had a birthday and we surprised them by getting an Airbnb out in Idaho and we took them out there and we got all, all our friends out there. Um, well, when I say our friends, I mean more of uh, the their person friends. whose birthday it was. It was their friends and I'm very new to this dynamic. I don't, I, I think the environment just was what it was and it, it wasn't but you know it was a new place with people who you didn't know and you're staying in a house sharing bathrooms and uh you know cooking for everybody uh we had some people who were like we woke up the first morning and they were like all right where are we gonna go what are we gonna do let's go i'm bored and other people who were like i want to take it slow i want to drink my coffee i want to make breakfast maybe play a game like someone just went and turned on peaky blinders and like was watching that while we ate breakfast and the other person was like hey i'm really bored like when are we gonna go and it was just like a lot of conflicting you know dynamics of like what people are expecting out of the weekend and i've always been a very go with the flow person especially when it's not my party and so i kind of found that a little disrespectful when like a couple people specifically were like oh, this is boring. Like, we're not doing anything. Like, let's go. Let's drive to Jackson Hole. And I was just like, look, we're just chilling. Like, we're making breakfast right now. Like, just have a, like, let's talk, you know? And there was no, like, uh, like, deep conversations happening. And I also didn't have the energy to initiate that with some of these people. Um, But I remember at one point that morning, like, it was like the first morning we had gotten there the night before and I was already, like, exhausted and I like took my I brought my dog with me and I just like took him out for a solo walk and I think I called you and I yeah, was just like did. I just was like I miss you an <laughs> <laughs> event about like this environment and yeah, overall it was fun you know they had a great birthday it was all successful but 
I left it just like feeling so exhausted and so drained and not really feeling like I connected with any of these people. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know, like the most fun I had was when I was like drunk and we were playing drinking games and everyone was just like being goofy and silly. Mm. <sighs> yeah, it was, uh, it was hard and it was like a really draining weekend. But it was fucking exhausting. <laughs> yeah, dude. I mean, I yeah. think that there's a couple of things that I'm hearing in this experience. The first being the misaligned expectations or maybe intentions for what yeah. that was going to be. And I think when you have group dynamics, for me, it's really important to like be really clear on like what we're gathering for. I'll also say like, I'm an experienced designer and an event producer, so it's, like, my profession (laughs) to do this. And it's, like, hard to put a group together, I will admit. Absolutely. Um, But the other thing, too, is just acknowledging that you don't have to connect deeply with every person you meet, but to be in, like, a pressure cooker environment like that and not feel Mm -hmm. any sort of deep kind of connection with most people can be really draining in of itself because then the whole time you're, like, putting on a face and you're, like – trying to have a good time when you maybe don't feel like that and like you don't feel completely safe saying hey guys I'm really fucking tired I'm just gonna go to my room yeah that is really tiring and we as we've said several times in this episode we're all living through a pandemic and this collective extended trauma that's never gonna end and like we're all so tired and feel very unsafe at a base level and so I think that's making like things like the social interaction just feel a lot more draining than Mm. they need to be and that's the point of us having this conversation is just to get really clear on like how do we want to exist in this world that we live in now first I'm going to compare and contrast and reflect like what I'm hearing for myself and then maybe yeah. you could do the same. And then we could talk about like what this really comes down to is what makes you feel safe to be yourself. Mm. I'm really glad we had this conversation because as I've said, I'm in a new city where I know very few people and I'm really putting myself out there and like trying to make friends and cultivate new relationships um, and expand my world here locally. And um I really want to spend time with people that I actually want to be with rather than just, as you were saying earlier, have friends out of circumstance. And so this is really helpful for me to see that the circumstances that help me feel like connected and that I'm connecting meaningfully with people is first being in a physical space that feels comfortable for me. And usually that means like being at home or being somewhere a little quieter or someone that's like a little bit more spacious and private and asking high quality questions and also noticing the questions that are asked of me and as a way to gauge, is this somebody that I want to continue to connect with or is this somebody that I'm just going to have a little bit more of a casual relationship with? Mm. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree with you. What was super interesting in both of our shares was that they were like kind of the opposites. Like your positive one was with people you had just met. My negative one was with people I didn't know as well. My positive one was with people I've known since I was a teenager. 
and yours was the exact your negative one was with someone you've known for a long time i love that you pointed those differences out because earlier in the episode we talked about like having friends out of circumstance and i think maybe we threw a little bit more undue shade on that than we should have Mm -hmm. because there's nothing wrong with being friends with people out of circumstance. That's how we fucking make friends, you know? Yeah. <laughs> but with what we're talking about here is like that extra layer of like work and mm-hmm. cultivation, right? And so I think that maybe what's important to point out here is that what this all comes down to is environments and circumstances that make us feel safe to be our authentic selves. We can look at all the situations we want to and unpack the different elements, but at the end of the day, I think that for me at least, the comfortability with being myself around people that I didn't know so well and that I actually am friends with out of circumstance is due to a lot of work that I've done on myself to feel comfortable talking about myself, to feel confident, to feel like when I was asked that one time that night what I did for work, that my response was like, fine. I did rehearse it a lot in my head before I went into the situation. Nothing wrong with that. (laughs) You know, at the end of the day, I think it's really important to remember that like this all is based on the work that you do within and like how much you value yourself and respect yourself and can stand in your power and can say no to situations that don't feel good for you and make maybe even different decisions than you have made in the past. Mm. And that takes a lot of courage and a lot of work. Mm, Absolutely. Thank you for saying that. I think that's so important because the way that you do show up in new relationships or old relationships, it affects you most, but it affects other people too, because you could be showing up you know, your insecurities could be projected onto somebody else and that could be making them not feel comfortable with you. Yeah. Therefore, everybody's just uncomfortable. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. All right. Should we wrap it up? Yeah, brother. I I think the the takeaway (laughs) from this whole episode, everybody, is relationships are fucking messy and (laughs) it's hard it's hard. (laughs) Yeah. So if you did not hit pause and do the assignment with us, or if you want to do it again, having listened to this conversation, we're just going to reiterate the prompts that we invite you to consider before we sign off. Mm -hmm. So that first prompt was what is a relationship or recent social interaction that you experienced that fulfilled you? And what is one that drained you or left you feeling not so fulfilled? And really get specific about the elements of those interactions slash relationships. Like who were you with? Where were you? What were you talking about? What were you doing? And at the end of the day, remember that, again, there's nothing good or bad or right or wrong about any of these things. The point in thinking about them and maybe even talking about them with your friends is to just cultivate an awareness around what feels good for you and how you want to be investing your energy and really the work that you want to do with yourself to 
create the life that you totally are capable of creating and deserve. Mm-hmm. Anything else from anyone else? Mm, no, that was ah, chef's kiss. Beautiful. Well, Beautiful. we will see you guys next week, meaning the week after next week. <laughs> that's when we release. Bow, bow, bow. Amen. Amen, everybody. We love you. Sunday School was created by me, Britt Pham. And me, Mac Harvey. Our theme music is composed and created by Caleb Spaulding. The music you hear during our grounding breath are crystal singing bowls composed and played by Jackie Cantwell. This episode was edited by Danielle Costa. You can find us on Instagram at sunday.school. School is spelled S-X-H-O-O-L. Did we miss anything? No, I don't think so. I feel complete. Me too. I feel complete. Mwah. Ha, ha, ha.